That Jesus calling people a son of the devil and blinding folks and stuff like that, right? That Jesus turning over tables. That Jesus that, that, that has a, a torrent, a flood of life that he wants to give you, but it requires radical submission to him. That's not a tame Jesus. That's a scarier Jesus for most of us. That's a tougher Jesus for most of us to want to follow. We ended our last episode in Acts chapter 13 with Paul and Barnabas on the island of Paphos, running into a sorcerer named Bar-Jesus, a false prophet. Let's see what happens. Next verse here is verse 7. Who was with the proconsul, Sergius Paulus, an intelligent man. This man called for Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. Okay, so Paphos is the capital, the capital of Cyprus. And the proconsul, the Roman governing person, would have been seated there in Paphos. So that's who we're talking about here. Bar-Jesus is this guy who is basically an advisor, which was not uncommon that Roman leaders would have had advisors. Sometimes there would be guys like this around. Um, and so that's who he is. And this guy is wanting to hear the word of God. He's calling for Paul and Barnabas. Okay? He wants to hear the word of God. This guy's a seeker. Okay? This is an, an intelligent man. This is a guy who has power in the Roman world. Okay, power. And yet he has seen the bankruptcy of the Roman pagan religions and the philosophies and all of this stuff. And he's intelligent. He recognizes that none of those are providing the answers that he wants. And so he seeks to hear the word of God from Saul and Barnabas because he's seeking. Some of you may be in that situation. You don't know, you're not a follower of Christ. You're just seeking. You want to know what's true. You're an intelligent person. You're just looking for the truth. And that's where this guy was. And he's saying, let me hear from these guys. And so let's look at the next verse, verse 8. It says, but Elymas, the sorcerer, for so his name is translated, withstood them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. So Elymas is the other name for Bar-Jesus. Don't get confused. Same guy. Elymas is a word uh, that could have meant a, different, a couple different things. It may have been a word meaning basically one who dreams and it may have been a word meaning wise man. We don't know which one it came from, but that's what they called this guy, Elymas, okay? And he now is withstanding, standing against Saul and Barnabas as they're trying to bring the message of truth to the proconsul. He's standing against them. Sergius is seeking the truth. He wants to make sense of the world. He's calling Saul and Barnabas and asking them to speak to him. And this guy is over on the side saying, don't listen. Don't listen. He's trying to subvert them, trying to subvert them from being able to bring the gospel to this guy. So let's see what happens to Elymas. Next few verses here, 9 through 11. It says, Then Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him and said, O full of all deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? And now indeed the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a time. And immediately a dark mist fell on him, and he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. So, little warning, 
um, for those who want to subvert the truth and subvert the gospel and take those who are seeking in a different path than they ought to go, this is what went down with Elemis. Okay? First of all, first thing to notice is we went from Saul to Paul here. Okay? Finally, because I keep kind of going back and forth. Um, but Saul is his Hebrew name. Paul is his Latin or his Roman name. We see him use it probably because he's now going to the Gentiles over and over again. And so he uses that Roman name rather than the Hebrew name. So from now on, I will not be saying Saul anymore. We'll always be talking about Paul. You won't be confused. It's going to be fantastic. Um, but that's, that's what's going on, okay? Paul is, is now being called Paul. And we see that he's filled with the Holy Spirit. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. So Paul is not just uh, able to make anyone blind who happens to frustrate him, right? He's not, he doesn't have some power. This is the opposite of what Elemis is. Paul is the opposite. He's not a magician, only the power of God does what the power of God is going to do. And so, assumedly, as, as Paul is, is filled with the Holy Spirit, it's the Holy Spirit that's telling him to say these specific words to Elemis. And it's the power of the Holy Spirit, the hand of God, as he says. We've talked about the hand of God. That means it's the work of God. It's the power of God. It's not the power of Paul that makes Elemis blind. This is not a magic trick. This is the judgment on Elemis because he's trying to subvert someone who is seeking the Lord. And God will protect his word. You do not want to get in the way, stand in between a seeker of truth and the truth. God doesn't like that. He doesn't like it. And so in this case, this guy goes blind, right? The hand of the Lord was upon him, and it wasn't good. For those of you who think that Jesus is always nice and carrying the lamb around and petting it and whatever, this, is, this one's for you too, okay? Sometimes there is judgment. Sometimes there is punishment. Sometimes God, we saw it last week with Herod, Agrippa the first. He thought that he could, he could take the praise that belonged to God, and things went very, very badly for him. Very, very badly. And here again we see God will protect his name. And Paul says, look, you're full of deceit. You're full of fraud. You're a son of the devil. You're trying to pervert, you're trying to make crooked the straight ways of the Lord. These are tough words. Very tough words, but very similar to some words we've heard Jesus speak, right? If we look at John 8, 44, we see Jesus talking to some Jewish leaders, and he says this to them, you are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. Jesus called it like it is. The Holy Spirit through Paul is also calling it like it is. Listen, the truth is the truth. Do not get in the way of the truth. When you get in the way of the truth, there's only one place that's coming from. There's only two spiritual powers. Okay, there's God, the only real power, and there's a counterfeit, lying, sickly power of Satan. And that's always going to be deception and fraud and perverting the truth. That's always going to be the case. Jesus recognized it. The Holy Spirit, through Paul, recognizes it and calls this guy out. But Elemas does not want the proconsul to know the truth. There's a reason why he does not want him to know the truth. There's a reason why he wants to lead him astray. Keep him from the truth. Obviously, he's got something for himself that he's trying to protect there. Paul sees it through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does his thing, okay? Elemis is blinded. Let's see what happens in the next verse, verse 12. 
it says, Then the proconsul believed. When he saw what had been, been done, being astonished at the teaching of the Lord. So, through all this, when it's all said and done, what happens is the proconsul ends up believing. Ends up believing in Jesus. Not just because he saw a guy made blind, although I guarantee that had an effect. Okay? This guy is saying, hey, I'm a magician, I'm a sorcerer, I can do all this power. And one swoop, Paul says, no, 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 the hand of God is upon you. And this guy who's claiming to have power, we found out he had nothing. He had nothing. And the second the hand of God put him and made him as blind in his eyes as he was in his heart. Right? And he saw that. But it says he was astonished at the teaching. Astonished. He was knocked over. He was taken aback. Again, an intelligent man, a seeker of the truth. And as Paul, we know what Paul would have done. He would have brought the scriptures to him. He would have brought the witness of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He would have brought all this to him. And as these things come, the proconsul is knocked over with the power of the truth. Because when he's seeking it and wants to find it, Nothing was going to stop him from finding it, including this guy who wanted to keep him from it. And he ends up believing in Jesus. This is not a dumb guy. By the way, Sergius Paulus, we have an inscription in Rome. He was one of, I think, five guys that were in charge of managing the Tiber River in Rome. Because the Tiber River, if it would flood, which had happened, would destroy the city of Rome. And so they had these guys that were, were there to manage, to figure out how to keep that river from flooding. Now, not many of us in this room are smart enough to know how to keep a river from flooding. But this guy was. Okay, So you are not talking about some dummy. Yeah, he's got this sorcerer, magician type guy around, but these kinds of guys were around a lot of different leaders. This guy was intelligent, and the guy was faced with the truth. And when he's faced with the truth, he followed Jesus. And of course, who knows the extent to which that ripple hit when the leader of the whole island of Cyprus becomes a Christian, this Gentile leader. And so that's the story. That's the story for today. And the question is going to be, what does this mean for us? How should this affect us? What can we take? What is, what is Elemis? What does this magician want? He wants power. He wants power. He wants control. He wants to be in charge. He sees that Sergius, this proconsul, is moving in the direction of accepting the truth of Jesus Christ and recognizes that if that happens, his own power, any kind of authority, any kind of control that he might have is probably going to be gone because Jesus Christ and magician sorcerers don't go together very well right? He recognizes this, and he wants to protect himself. Ultimately, he wants control. Ultimately, he wants control. He wants to be the man. And here's Paul saying, no, no, no. No one's the man but God. God is in control. God has the power. We don't. We submit our lives to him, and he works through us, his power, not ours. This is not the message that Elemis once heard. And frankly, I think it trips most of us up. I think it trips most of us up. When Jesus is the Jesus that you can just kind of go and, and see on Sunday morning and sing a few songs and sort of leave it there, that's the more controllable Jesus. That's the more tame Jesus, right? The Jesus calling people a son of the devil and blinding folks and stuff like that, right? The Jesus turning over tables, 
The Jesus that, that, that has a, a torrent, a flood of life that he wants to give you, but it requires radical submission to him, that's not a tame Jesus. That's a scarier Jesus for most of us. That's a tougher Jesus for most of us to want to follow because we lose control. We lose power. See, if I just say, hey, Christianity, sure, that's sort of helpful, and we learn some good stuff, and Jesus was a good teacher, and we'll sort of show up and do this and that, and, but it's not the real thing, right? When it's not the real thing, who, what's happening? I'm keeping control and power six out of seven days, six and a half, six and three-quarter days out of seven days, depending on how long I preach, right? That's, that's what we're doing. We're saying we want the control. We want the power. We don't want to give it up. And there are those in the church, and I'm sure we've all seen this, when a new believer comes and is excited and starts talking like they want to have a radical faith in Christ, we have those people who are sort of like kind of the old, uh, it seems like there were a lot of sitcoms back in the 80s where the wife was a nag and the husband was a slob, and it was kind of like, yeah, marriage is, you think it's all going to be great when you start, but it always turns into this. It seems like we have that with some older Christians, And when I say older, I just mean people who have been in the faith for a while, where they've never given up full control. They've never gotten radical, and they don't want to see anybody else do it either. Just relax, guy. Get the coffee cup with the verse on it. Show up on Sunday when it's convenient. That's more than most people do. And just relax. Don't make the rest of us look bad, okay? You're just going to get jaded like me eventually, right? That's what's going to happen. That's Elemis. That's that's the Elemis. But I'm actually less concerned about that person. I haven't seen a lot of that in this church, certainly. I'm actually more concerned about the elements inside us. That when the Holy Spirit is coming and speaking truth to us, and he's saying, listen, I want radical obedience, radical submission, so that I can do powerful, radical works through you and through the church. And then we go, well, hang on a second. What do I have to give up? What do I have to give up? I don't know. Like Elemis, not wanting to give up the power and the control, we have that same sort of moment inside ourselves. I don't know. I don't know that I want to give up that control. I don't know that I want to give up that power. I can give you Sunday morning occasionally, but I don't know, you know, not football season, of course. I mean, let's not be crazy. But I can do that, but I can't get into this whole radical thing. What will people think? It's not reasonable. It's not reasonable. That's Elemis. That's the voice of Elemis, right? When the Holy Spirit, when we're sitting here on Sunday, and I know it happens to you because it happens to me, and the Holy Spirit, those days where he's just, where he's just pressing into you and saying, hey, I want, I want you to come further up and further in. I want you to get real about this. And you're kind of like, mm, I got to go, right? That's Elemis. It will never be God. It will never be God when the thought is, let's, let's p- tap the brakes. Let's slow down. Let's back out. That will never be God. God will never tell you to get further away from him in relationship, ever. But sometimes we tell ourselves that. Sometimes we, have, we create our own little voice of Elemis, the magician, the sorcerer, the one who wants power, the one who wants control. Because we recognize that it takes an extreme level of faith and trust in God to truly let him be in control. 
But that's what he's calling you to. See, there is no Jesus that is about Sunday morning sometimes. There is no Jesus that's about saying nice things and dressing nice and acting nice. There is no Jesus like that. That's fake. That's what people say so that people will come in and do whatever. I don't even know why people pretend like there's a Jesus like that. There's only the wild, untamable Jesus. That's the only one that is. So if you want to follow Jesus, you've got to follow him. That other thing is just you. It's just something you've created for yourself, right? It's something that we create in order to, we create Jesus in a particular image in order to maintain a certain level of control. Don't give up an incredible, powerful life with Jesus for some illusion of control because you don't have it either way. It's going to cost something. It's going to be dangerous whichever way you go. Follow Jesus, don't follow Jesus. There's danger in both of those, but only one of them is good. Only one of them is good. I promise you safety. In fact, quite the opposite. But let me tell you where the most dangerous place to be is. The most dangerous place is to be faking it. Get in, get out. Jesus doesn't want lukewarm Christianity, but that's exactly what Elemis, the spirit of Elemis, would want. Right? This kind of Christianity that, that makes you feel like you're checking boxes so you can feel okay for yourself, but you never really press in where you're just lukewarm where the power of the Holy Spirit can't work through you because you won't submit to him, that's the kind of Christianity that Satan wants you in. Believe it or not, I think Satan wants people to be in that kind of Christianity because he can make them completely ineffective. But the real thing, the real thing looks a lot different. The real thing involves making a decision to fully give up everything in order to get everything from him. And I'm not talking about money Health and wealth. I'm not saying that you're going to be healthy and wealthy and wise and handsome. I'm not saying any of those things. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the power to live real life. That comes when you tell Elamus to shut up. Because here's the Holy Spirit speaking truth to you. And he's saying, hey, come on, come further up, come further in. And Elamus, the magician, is over there saying, look, I can remove my thumb. And you're supposed to look over there. And be excited about that, right? Look over there. Don't look that way. And we do it. I know because I know I do it. We all do it sometimes. But let me just say something. It's time to take the guard away for some of you. It's time to take that guard off your, for all of us, take that guard off our heart. You press in all the way and you see the power of God work. You want to hold back? It ain't going to happen. The first time I went snowboarding, I remember um, trying to figure out how to do what seemed to be something designed to torture people um, because you're not supposed to just be on your bottom the whole time that you're on a snowboard, but that's where I was, right? And what I finally realized eventually was that what I was doing was I was always holding something back because I was scared. You just point this thing down the mountain and start going because what happens if I can't control it, Right? But what I found was, until you'll point it down the mountain and just go, you'll always fall. You'll never get anywhere. That's the way it works with snowboarding. Sometimes in life, there are things where you just got to point the board down the mountain and go and trust God. Now, having said that, don't go up like black diamond run. I've never done this before. Pastor David said point it down. No, don't do that. Try the bunny slope, you know, whatever. But with Christianity, it's all black diamonds. 
exciting, adventurous, scary, bumps, bruises, persecution. Who wants to sign up? But you know what? Power and life and life. I just feel like we as a church, and I mean the whole church, not just Acts Church, followers of Christ right now, right here in this time, in this time, in this place in the world, we cannot be fence sitters. We cannot listen to the the power-hungry, control-hungry side of us or those in our lives who try to tell us, don't get too crazy about that Christianity. Don't do that. We still got, you know, it's one thing to go to church on Sunday. We still got to be able to get drunk on Friday night. I can't lose that from you. So don't get too crazy about Christianity. There are those in your life who will speak that way. There's us speaking that way. And it's never coming from God. It's either coming from our own selfishness or worse. It's coming from where Paul said it's coming from. We don't want to be that person. I I encourage you, I encourage you to press deeper and deeper into your relationship with God. And don't ask, Lord, what do you want me to do consistent with this list of things, of exceptions, where I don't want to do these things. I don't want to move. I don't want to do this. I don't want to give more than one night a week up. I don't know. Don't do that. Press in and say, whatever you want. Lay down your selfishness and your pride and your desire for control and your desire to be in charge. Lay it down. Let the Lord do what the Lord wants to do. Don't pervert the straight ways of God. Go with the truth. Let God tell you what he wants from you and submit to him. And I promise you, every, every time that I've lived in that way and told Elymas to shut up and said, Jesus, I'm with you, every time it has been glorious. I didn't say without pain. I didn't say without difficulty, but glorious and life-sustaining and adventurous and amazing. And so I encourage you, I encourage all of us to do that. Press in. Can you imagine what would happen if we did that? If we really got out of the way and let God do his thing in and through us, it would be amazing. And the only thing in the way is us. Now, if we can help you in any way to have that kind of faith, come see us at Axe Church in Vancouver, Washington. Get easy directions and all the info you need anytime at axechurchnw.org. Or give us a call at 360-885-9000. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll check out our next episode here on Contemplate.